Aren't you glad that Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever? He's still in the business of changing lives. And can we give all these people a big hand right now? Come on. So amazing, so incredible. And uh, I love the fact we're not just doing it this morning, but tonight. And I want to say, maybe you have never taken that step to get baptized. Some people say, well, I got christened as a child. Well, that was your parents' decision. I got baptized as a child. They made that decision. We believe baptism is a personal decision that you're going to make for yourself to follow Jesus and to follow in what He even did. And He got baptized. And baptism is an outward expression of what's taken place inwardly. And uh, I believe we're living in a day where we need to make sure we're not ashamed of the gospel of His name. Come on, how many people aren't ashamed of Jesus? Come on, how many people in this place love Jesus right now? We're not ashamed of the gospel of His name because what is the power? Somebody say it's the power. It's the power of God unto salvation. And uh, we need the power in our lives because he, He's the only one who can change us from the inside out. And, and this step uh, of, uh, of obedience is like no other step. And some people hesitate, put it off, delay it. But why not make today the day where you get baptized? I like, I like in the book of Acts, it says 3,000 people responded, gave their heart to Jesus. And it says that day, everybody say that day, that day they, they got baptized. Now, this day can be that day, that day where you make a decision to go through the waters of baptism and uh, you take that step of obedience and you go to a whole nother level in your walk with Jesus. Amen. Amen. God's good. How about we pray just one before we go to the Word of God? Lift your hands right where you are. Lord, we thank you. Heaven is in this place where two or three are gathered in your name. There you are in the midst. And I pray, Lord, you reveal yourself to every heart and every life in this place. Oh, things that would stop us seeing you, I pray you'd remove them today and would behold you. Lord, we'd see you in a way like we haven't done before. Lord, I thank you, Lord, that you're going to minister into every life and every situation. Lord, your word is alive. It's powerful. It's sharper than a double-edged sword. Lord, and it can discern exactly where we're at. It can locate us and lift us high. And I pray you do that in the hearts and lives of your people. We pray in Jesus' name. And everybody said, to your neighbor and say, what do you say? Do you say amen? Do you say amen? Amen to that. Amen, amen, amen. Quickly give your neighbor a high 10 as you grab your seat. High 10 as you grab your seat. That would be great. Well, we're continuing a series I started last week called Spirit-Led, Spirit-Led. Uh, how many know you and I are called to live Spirit-Led lives? Uh, we're born again of the Spirit of God and how God connects with us. He connects in our spirit. If you've got your Bible, let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 2, 1 Corinthians chapter 2. And I'm going to read just how many verses I've got here. Eight verses from this passage. It's so powerful. In fact, I'm looking ahead in my devotion. Uh, how, how many have got a Bible reading pan, by the way? 
it's good to have a Bible reading plan, not just pick up your Bible in the morning and go, any, many, money, mo. Hopefully that's going to speak to me this morning. How many do that from time to time or have done that before? Lift up your hand. You know, if you have a Bible reading plan, uh, you know it's not coincidence. You know that, that God's taking you on a pattern. Now, I believe God speaks, now, not just on a day, but over days. And even looking back, you can see how God's spoken to you. And, and uh, I'm on my Bible reading plan, and uh, this chapter is tomorrow. This chapter is tomorrow, so I'm looking forward to that tomorrow. Maybe I'll get a little bit more insight than what I have today. But what I have today, I'm going to share with you. Here we go. Okay, First Corinthians chapter 2, it says, However, Paul saying, however we speak wisdom among those who are mature, yet not the wisdom of this age, nor the rulers of this age, who are coming to nothing. It's all going to come to nothing. The wisdom of man is the foolishness of God. It goes on and it says, but we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery. The hidden wisdom of God ordained before the ages for our glory, which none of the rulers of this age knew, for if they had known, they would never crucified the Lord of glory. It's like what's Paul saying here is, is the rulers of this age played into the master plan of God. How many know the enemy has a plot against your life? But I love the fact that God uses the plot of the enemy and he uses it to serve his plan. God has a bigger plan than what you're going through right now. You might think you're on the edge of dying. Oh, I can't handle this. But I love that if we'd see God in the midst of our circumstance, we'll see that God is going to use the plot of the enemy to serve his plan. You know, here the enemy thought he had won when he crucified Jesus. But he was just serving the master plan of God. It goes on and it says, they would never crucify the Lord of glory. But as it is written, I has not seen, nor ear heard, nor have entered into the heart of man the things God has prepared for those who love him. Is there anybody here who loves Jesus in this place? If you love Jesus, God's got a bigger plan than you can see, you can hear about, you can even conceive in your mind. You can't actually conceive the plan of God in your mind. It goes on and it says, but God has revealed them to us through His, come on, somebody say that. So God has revealed them to us through His, how many know we're spirit beings? As I said last week, Robert Morris said, we're not human beings having a spiritual experience. Uh, we're spirit beings having a human experience. You know, this is our earth suit that we're going to step out of one day. You know, it's going to go into the ground, but our spirits, for those who walk with Jesus, are going to live on. It says, and God reveals his plans to, to our spirits. I challenge to say anything that you receive from God is in your spirit. It's not up here. It's in your, your spirit first. You know, over time, God allows our mind to catch up. But the, the first place, any place we receive anything, it's, it's in our spirit. And it goes on, for the spirit searches all things. Yes, the deep things of God. How many want to know the deep things of God? The deep things of God. For what man knows the things of man except the spirit of man which is in him? 
Even so, no one knows the things of God except the Spirit of God. Now we have received not the Spirit of this world, but the Spirit who is from God, that we might know, that we might know the things that have been freely given to us by God. These things we also speak not in words which man's wisdom teaches, but which the Holy Spirit teaches, comparing spiritual things with with spiritual. But the natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him, nor can he know them because they are spiritually discerned. How many know right now, right around this building, there's, there's things going through the airways? Things that we can't see, but things are going on right now. And for us to know what's going on, we've got to tune into stations. You know, if, if you're looking for an FM station, but you're on an AM dial, how, how many know you're never going to receive what, the messages? You, you, you're never going to be able to hear something because you're tuned in to, to a wrong frequency. You're, you're tuned into a wrong signal. And, and, and many people today, you know, they sit in church and, and they're trying to receive the things of God through their natural man. And, and it's like we're, we're, we're going back and forth on the AM station on the dial and, and we're wondering why we're not receiving anything. It's because God in this case is on an FM station. And, and until we tune into that station, we'll never receive what God has for our life. You can't understand God's purpose, God's plan in your natural man. It's in your spirit. Your spirit gives you understanding. Now, now we're, we're, we're planning a few churches. In fact, we're launching officially this morning at Quippers Topol. That's exciting. Pastor Carl and Terry Brockbrand are launching down in Topol, and, and we're believing for a move of God. You know, we're, we're launching churches in other places around the world, but because we're planting churches, other people come up to me and go, well, what, how do you go about planting churches? What's, what's the plan? What, well, what's the strategy? Uh, you know, do you get a map out, you know, a global map, and, and put some pins in there and say, this is where we're going next? And I, I go, no, in fact... We, we don't have that deeper strategy. Uh, one thing I found about church is, is church is all about people. <laughs> How many know you can have the best thought out plans, but if you haven't got the people, they're not going to materialize. <laughs> and our plan is all about equipping people and serving people and, and coming beside people and, and saying, well, what has God put within you? And how can we release that destiny? Uh, how can we release that dream? How, how can we serve that dream? And as we've done that, it's resulted in churches being planted all over the world. You know, 20 locations here in New Zealand. And, and quickly, we're going to go above and beyond 20 locations internationally. Aren't you thankful for what God's doing? But, but it's about people. And it's a connection with people. And and uh, people go, well, how do, you, how do you know that they're the right person? You know, well, we go on a journey of relationship. But in the first instance, I, I know God's in this when, when we get together, because when we get together, it's like, like when Elizabeth and Mary got together, there was a, a leaping inside the womb of their heart, you know, the womb. And, and I believe when God connects you with people, 
where, where there's God-ordained relationships, what happens is, is there's a leaping inside the spirit of one another. It's like, man, this is beyond us. This isn't just a natural thing. This, this has a dimension of the Spirit of God upon it. It's not like we're just going to be good friends. I believe God's called us together to fulfill a kingdom assignment. You know, and I pray when it comes to church, you know, it's like when people come along, I pray that there'll be a leaping. That's my prayer every, every Sunday, that there'll be a leaping inside the womb of people's spirit. You know, that, that as they sit in this environment, dreams would come alive. God-given dreams. Not dreams birthed in the heart of man, but dreams birthed in the heart of God. And, you know, and, and something would, it's like, oh, man, I, I don't know what God's doing, but God's doing something right here and right now. See, see we live in a culture right now that, that defines understanding as nothing more than cognitive reason. Uh, but in, in Scripture, what we've got to understand is understanding is, is an experience. You know, many people today can come into an environment like this and they go, well, tell me more about that. Tell me more about Jesus. Uh, how many know you, you can know about a person but still not really know the person? You know, today, Wikipedia, you, you can search somebody out, you can do your homework, and you can find out a whole lot about a person without actually meeting that person. You know, a problem in a lot of places, I believe, is people are on a search right now to know about God. Know about God, but they're not willing to actually open their heart and, and have a, a personal encounter with God. You, know, you can know about a whole lot of things, but still not know. See, 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 biblical understanding is more than mental ascent. You've got to think about this. If, if, if understanding in the kingdom is solely based on your intellect and reason, uh, the kingdom of God would only be accessible to those who have a high IQ and a good education. You know, if, if you had to come to that, that, that place where it was all about learning, See, what you've got to understand is learning is cognitive, but knowing is spiritual. Knowing is spiritual. Uh, how, how, how do you know this? Well, how many have found you, you know some stuff, but you can't explain it? You ever been in a place, I know that I know that I know, but I haven't got the words and the language to explain it. Come on, uh, you ever been there? Yeah, you know something's wrong, but you don't know what's telling you it's wrong. You can't explain why it's wrong, but you just know that it's wrong. And it's that knowing. Knowing is spiritual, but, but learning is cognitive. And, and so many of us, you know, we, we push away the things of God until we've got language. But, but, uh, but I want to say, if we're to be spirit-led people, uh, we've got to you know, explore that, that feeling that comes on the inside. Why do I know this? You know, how do I know this? Uh, could it be the Holy Spirit and Him leading me? See, see when it comes to the mysteries of heaven, I, I love what Hebrews chapter 11 says. It, it, it talks about verse 3. It says, by faith we understand. Come on, let's all say that. By faith, we understand. 
Come on, all together. By faith, we understand. We understand that the worlds were framed by the Word of God so that the things which are seen were made of the things which are visible. It's by faith we understand. We don't have faith because we understand. We don't have faith because we understand. We understand because we have faith. Uh, Come on, you're hearing me right now. I I believe the enemy can lock us in a place where we don't understand the mysteries of heaven because, and we don't see them because we're we're waiting for our our mind to comprehend. But Paul said, when it comes to God's plan and God's purpose, no eye has seen. No ear has heard, and no mind can comprehend the things God's prepared for those who love Him. But the Spirit of God reveals those things to us. How many know when it comes to reading the Bible, uh, the Bible is a living book. It's God-breathed. 66 chapters, one author through the whole thing. But if you read it from your You'll never receive anything from it. That's why it's so important that when we pick up the Bible, we go, God, I want you to open my spiritual eyes so I can see things in the spirit because the natural person can't receive it. That's why so many people struggle in their devotions. It's because they read the Bible like they read any other book. But we need to open our heart, open our spirit. The Bible isn't like any other book. It's the Word of God. And we need to treasure the Word of God. Because the grass withers and the flower fades, but God's Word stands for ever, forever. Here's the thing. Is, is the danger is you and I can walk with the spiritual blindness. And here's the danger of spiritual blindness. Number one, spiritual blindness steals our understanding. It steals our understanding. Isaiah 42, I'm going to give you some verses. Eight, uh, verse 18, it says, Hear you deaf, and look you blind that you may see. Now, right, right here, I don't want to be insensitive to uh, the people who have got hearing and, and, and visual impairments, but, but here he's not talking about people with, uh, who are unable to hear and see physically. He's saying, because uh, he says, hear you deaf and look you blind that you may see. It goes on, he says, who is blind but my servant? Or deaf as my messenger whom I send? Who is blind as he who is perfect? Well, there's a word right there. How, how, how do you know you're blind? You know you're blind when you think you don't need the word of God. Uh, you know you're blind when you think, I'm, I'm all right by myself. I, I've got this sorted. I'm perfect. That's what it says. Who is blind as he who is perfect and blind as the Lord's servant, seeing many things you do not observe, observe opening the ears, but does not hear. Here's the thing. If you think you already know, you're blind. You know, for those who have been around church for a little while, heard many messages. If you're sitting there and go, oh, I heard this, I, I can just tune out. Maybe there's an area of blindness in your life. See, see, when you don't acknowledge your need, you can't see. Jeremiah 5 verse 21 says, Hear this now, O foolish people, without understanding, 
who have eyes and see not. You have eyes, but you see not, and who have ears and hear not. So again, he's talking about spiritual blindness. It's a condition. Ezekiel 12, verse two, it says, Son of man, you dwell in the midst of a rebellious house, which has eyes to see, but does not see. You know, rebellion is one of the causes of spiritual blindness. And you have ears, but you do not hear for they are a rebellious house. Zephaniah 1 verse 17, it says, I'll bring distress upon men and they shall walk like blind men because they have sinned against the Lord. Here's the deal, your sin, if you, you, you keep on going on, it will cause you to have spiritual blindness. Now, Jesus in Matthew chapter 13, he, he quotes the Old Testament, but listen to what he says. And, and in them, the prophecy of Isaiah, you will hear and shall not understand. And seeing, you will see and not perceive. For the hearts of the people have grown dull. Their ears are hard of hearing and their eyes they have closed, lest they shall see with their eyes, notice this progression, and hear with their ears, Least they should understand with their hearts and turn so that I should heal them. Again, uh, the progression here, the progression. It takes spiritual eyes and ears to understand. And, and through the understanding, there you, if you turn, God says, I will heal you. It's there, I'll heal you. But, but it's the spiritual eyes that, that brings the understanding that results in the turning. And then God says, hey, there, I can heal you. I, I want to say it's costly to be blind. It, it's costly. How, how many know God's word changes lives? You know, that's why, you know, on a Sunday, I, I want to preach from the word of God because it's not my word that changes lives. It's God's word that, that changes lives. Yeah, I may use a good illustration, but that doesn't change your life. You know, a joke won't change your life. It's the word of God and, and, and it's us looking upon it with the eyes of the spirit that brings change in our lives. That's why God said, I sent my, forth my word and healed them. Uh, that, that's Psalm 107 verse 20. He sent forth his word and healed them and delivered them from his destruction. You know, one thing I've found you know, is, is God will anoint his word, not our good ideas. Come on, how many want to be anointed? See, see, we need some men and women of faith who are anointed in their daily activities. You know, and not just operating out of their own reason, out of their own abilities, out of their own capacity. See, the anointing takes you above and beyond your capacity above and beyond your intellect, the anointing. And we need some anointed teachers. We need some anointed business people. Come on, we need to be anointed in our parenting. Come on, we need to be not anointed in our friendships because it's the Spirit of God that brings life to us. You know, in fact, the Bible says to be carnally minded is death. To, to rest on this is death. But to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Come on, how many know, want to know what it is to walk with the life 
and the peace of God in their life. That, that requires us to be spiritually minded. How, how many know it's possible to look at something and not see it? You can look at it, but not see it. In fact, you know, you can look at a person and they think you see them, but you don't see them. Your mind's away with the fairies somewhere else. How many have ever been there before? How many know that's dangerous in church? You know, you're looking at a person right in the eyes, but your mind's somewhere else and they think you see them, but you don't even acknowledge them. And they go away thinking, you snob. You know, do that, does that person have a problem? You see them, but you don't see them. You're looking at something, but, but, but you're not seeing it. And many of us, you know, it's like we, we can look at the Bible, but not see it. We can look at, uh, look at things. You know, uh, I, I love the fact, uh, I've got a little bit of a habit of losing my keys in my wallet. Anybody have that uh, uh, problem? Anybody? Uh, yeah. uh, but, but I found Kathy can see things that aren't there. Yeah, you know, it's like I'll look for them. They aren't there. They aren't there. They aren't there. And then she'll go and, and here they are. And it's just like they weren't there. She made them appear out of nowhere. Yeah, you know, she can see things. Yeah, you know, here's the thing with the spirit: is is you you, you see. Yeah, you know, other people will miss it, but you see things that in the natural aren't there. You you see beyond. Yeah, you know, come on, we need that foresight. We need that insight in our life. And what we've got to understand is, is, is that spiritual blindness robs us of our understanding. It's costly when you don't open your spirit. You know, that's why if you're having a devotion, it's, it's like praying beforehand, worshiping God is important because it opens your spirit so that you can receive. From the Word of God, again, anything God gives you, anything you receive from God will take place in your spirits. Number two, second thing, is spiritual blindness is caused by pride. Pride causes spiritual blindness. Uh, The only reason anybody would continue in sin is because of arrogance and pride. That's at the heart of it, is arrogance and pride. That keeps, that keeps us in our sin. Now, now in John chapter nine, uh, there's a, a story of Jesus healing a boy who's been blind from birth. First ever time in scripture it's happened. You know, uh, he's healed blind people, but not somebody born blind. And, and in this passage of scripture, uh, the man gets healed. He gets healed. Uh, his testimony gets spread around. The Pharisees hear about it and they get mad. Uh, they get really mad. Uh, isn't it interesting? You know, people don't mind you praying for the sick, but if they get healed, sometimes people go, well, that wasn't anything supernatural. <laughs> yeah, and some people actually get mad when it comes to miracles. They don't mind you praying, but sometimes things that they can't explain actually causes them to get a little bit angry because it goes beyond. And the Pharisees, it's like they couldn't explain it. They were wanting to shut it down and they got mad. And, and so Jesus, you know, he addresses the Pharisees and, and Jesus said in, in verse 39, he says, for judgment I have come into this world that those who do not see may see and those who see may be blind. I, I like how the New Living puts this verse. He says, I've come into this world to give sight to the blind and to tell those 
who think they can see, they are blind. Yeah, that's what he's saying. He wasn't just talking about giving sight to those who are physically blind. He's saying, I've come to tell those who think they can see. How many know there's many of us right now without God, we think we can see. But Jesus wants you to know, if you're living apart from God, you're blind and your pride is blinding you. It goes on and it says, then some of the Pharisees who were with him heard these words and said to him, are we blind also? And he says, yep, you got it in one. You got it in one. And Jesus said to them, if you were blind, you would have no sin, but now, or but since you say we see, therefore your sin remains. In other words, if you'd admit you can't see, you'd have no sin. But because you say you have no sin, you... You are blind. You know, we can read the Bible and have a blindness, but then we can read it with the Spirit of God and things just jump out at us. How many have found that? And you go, wow, I've never seen that before. Now, even in a message like this, because I'm preaching from the Word of God, things can land in your heart. And I've had people go, man, uh, were you talking to me? I go, no, I don't even, I know you, but I don't know your situation. And they think, oh, you know, the preacher's, you know, highlighting going after them. But it's, it's not them. It's the Spirit of God bringing the Word of God to life. And as we learned last week, the Holy Spirit, you know, what, what does He do? He gives us counsel. He convicts. And, and, and uh, the third C, which you have to go listen to the podcast last week, because I can't think of it right now. <laughs> you know, it, it, He works in our lives. You know, how many of you read, read something in the Scripture and go, oh, well, that's just right where I'm at right now? You know, it's, it's like, that's the Spirit of God. And it's a humility of heart to open our spirit uh, that really counts. And, and this is why praise and worship is so vital to us hearing the Word of God because it's how we enter His gates. It's how we push past the, the issues around us. And it's how we enter God's throne room. That, that when we don't praise and when we don't worship, it's like uh, we're sitting there and, and we're in danger of succumbing to it, all the natural environment, everything that's going on, on around us naturally. But praise and worship, what it does is it, it pushes down the flesh and it opens my spirit to God so I can receive. That's why people in a meeting can go, man, that was incredible, that was amazing. And then another person can be snoring. Anybody snoring here right now? No, just check your neighbor. No, don't do that. But, but it's like God can be moving and doing amazing things, but one person can recognize it and another person uh, you know, can be just even not, not even know what's going on simply because they've never engaged their spirit. And what, what you've got to understand is when you rely on yourself, you, you have a spiritual blindness in your life. Number three, third thing, if we could have the musicians up, is Jesus heals blind eyes. Don't you like that? Jesus heals blind eyes. Matthew, Mark chapter eight. It says, then he came to Bethsaida and he brought a blind man to him and begged 
him to touch him. So he took the blind man by the hand and led him out of the town. And when he had spat on his eyes and put his hands on him, he asked him if he saw anything. So Jesus said, okay, what do you see? And he looked up and he said, I see men like trees walking. Then he put his hands on his eyes again and made him look up and he was restored and saw everyone clearly. Now, now there's a lot in this passage of scripture. You know, many people, you know, some people even said, well, uh, Jesus didn't get it right the first time he had to lay him on the second time. How many know that's not true? God never makes mistakes and never gets half the job done. You know, Jesus God. So there's something in this verse that, that we're missing that we need to understand, we need to think about. Why was it on the first instance when he laid hands on him, the guy, and Jesus asked him, what do you see? The guy said, oh, I see men walking like trees. And Jesus goes, yeah, that's us. No, <laughs> we don't look like trees. But, but then the second time his sight was restored so he could see people clearly. Now, what's going on here? See, if we look at it in the natural, we'll never understand what's taking place. You know, when it comes to the Bible, and I really encourage you, you know, if you've got the time to, to, to go through a series more than words, in fact, this message, a lot of it comes from Robert Morris's series on more than words, and it's how people read the Bible how people will look at the Word of God. You know, right throughout the Bible, there's symbols, there's, there's things that if you read it just without that level of understanding, it's gonna be dry, it's gonna be boring, it's not gonna be life-giving. But, but if you read it in context and you read it, you know, with, with the eyes of the Spirit, things begin to make sense a whole lot more. And, and here, you know, Jesus lays hands. Then he asks the dude, he goes, well, what do you see? I see men walking with trees. And if you know your Bible, you know that the trees in the Bible symbolize more than trees. In fact, one thing about the Bible is it interprets itself. So if we go through the Bible and we see, you know, how God views trees in different places, we'll see that He actually views trees as people. Trees are people. Psalm 1, verse 1 to 3, Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law he meditates day and night. He shall be like a what? He shall be like a, come on, say it out loud. He shall be like a planted by the rivers of water that brings forth its fruit in due season. Psalm 52, verse 8, it says, But I am like a green olive tree in the house of God. Psalm 92 verse 12 says, the righteous shall flourish like a palm tree. Tree. Jeremiah 17 verse seven says, blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord and whose hope is in the Lord for he shall be like a, a tree planted by the waters. Isaiah 55 verse, uh, verse 12 talks about, it talks about how they shall break forth into singing before you and all the trees of the field shall clap their hands. I mean, no, trees don't have hands. You know, so what's it talking about? Trees, is, it's talking about people. You know, even Jesus, Matthew 7, 17, even so every good tree bears forth 
good fruit. What's he talking about? He's not talking about trees. He's talking about you and I. But a bad tree brings forth bad fruit. So, so what are trees? Trees equal people. Equal people. So you've got to get this right now. What happened when Jesus laid hands on him? Well, in the first instance, he was healing his spiritual eyes. And in the second instance, he was healing his natural eyes. There were two healings that took place right there. Jesus laid hands on him so he could see in the spirits. And then Jesus laid hands on him again so his natural sight was restored. Now, now you've got to understand that. I hear some of you going, well, well, I don't know about that. Well, if you go back in the chapter, you'll see that Jesus was addressing this whole thing. In Mark 8, again, verse 14, it says that, Now the disciples have forgotten to take bread, and they did not have more than one loaf with them on the boat. There's 13 on the boat, one loaf, not going to feed them. And He charged them saying, Take heed, beware, of the leaven of the Pharisees and the leaven of Herod. And they reasoned among themselves saying, is it because we've got no bread? How many know Jesus wasn't talking about bread? He wasn't talking about that. Listen to what Jesus says. But Jesus being aware of it said to them, why do you reason because you have no bread? Do you not yet perceive nor understand? Is your heart still hardened? Having eyes, do you not see? Having ears, do you not hear? And do you not remember? When I broke the five loaves for 5,000, how many baskets full of fragments did you take up? He said to them, 12. And when I broke seven for the 4,000, how many large baskets full of fragments did you take up? And they said, seven. So they said to him, how is it? He said to them, how is it that you do not understand it? In other words, if I wanted bread, I would have just whipped it up. I would have just, you know, one amongst 13, I can do that. That's not a problem. I'm not talking about bread. There's more to this. I'm talking about the leaven, which is, I'm talking about the teaching of the Pharisees. Yeah, you know, the, the, the philosophy, the doctrines out there. But they reasoned in their mind, oh, didn't we bring bread? Having eyes, can you not see? Having ears, can you not understand? See, if you'd have spiritual eyes, you would understand. And if you understood, you'd turn. And if you'd turn, God would bring healing into your life and into your situation. God, open the eyes of my heart. Open the eyes of my understanding. Help me to see only that which you can reveal by your spirits. Come on, could it be the issue going on in your work right now is going to, only going to be solved by somebody who sees according to the spirits? Could it be right now the thing that you're going through the challenge you're up against. God's got an answer, but it's going to require you to engage your spirits, to get understanding so that you can unlock the mysteries of heaven. Come on, don't live out your Christianity in your flesh. Live out your Christianity in your spirits.
Let's walk each and every day engaging our spirits. Letting our spirit come alive. That's why, you know, having a devotion should be the most important part of our day. Even more than reading the newspaper, you know, going to the gym. Yeah, bodily exercise profits you a little, but spiritual exercise profits you a lot. Come on, how many want to profit a whole lot? You profit when you engage your spirit, when you exercise your spirit by praying according to the Spirit. You know, the Bible says, Paul said, I pray with understanding. There's times where we can pray with understanding, but then he said, I also pray in the Spirit. And he differentiates between the two. That's why speaking in tongues, it engages your spirit. You don't know what you're praying. But Paul says, as you pray, you're, you're speaking mysteries that you do not know of. You're engaging your spirit, that, that, which then allows you to get downloads from heaven, that, which will bring answers to your life and bring freedom to the people around you. Come on, how many want to engage your spirit right now? Come on, your flesh may be tired. The flesh is weak, but your spirit is willing in Jesus' name. Come on, how about standing to your feet? Spirit-led. Spirit-led. Come on, if you're struggling in sin, walk according to the Spirit. And if you walk according to the Spirit, you'll deny the lust of the flesh. You'll deny. You'll overcome those things that you've been struggling with. The Spirit brings answers. It's in the Spirit there's freedom today. It's in the Spirit there's, there's life. To be carnally minded is death. But to be spiritually minded is life. And it's peace. Would you just lift your hands? I invite you to do that right across this room. Come on, right now, if your spirit's been dulled, if you recognize there's an area in your life, and I think we all can lift our hands to this one where where, where we're blind. You're saying, God, I want you to help me to see today. I want you to open the eyes of my heart. Come on, I want you to lift your hands and just begin to call out to Jesus. Come on, renounce, say, I renounce. I ask for your forgiveness where I've relied on my own resources, where I've trusted in my own strength. God, I don't want the pride in my heart to stop me. I humble myself right now and I acknowledge you. I acknowledge my need of you in this place. Come on, just lift your voice, not quietly. Come on, part of even speaking out loud is is the humbling of yourself is forgetting about the people around you and just saying, God, I'm more hungry for you. God, I want you more than anything else. Lord, you're the one who can help me to see. Come on, God, you're you're the one. You're the only one who can release the destiny on my life. Come on, we need Jesus like we never need Him. Like we've never needed them before. Come on, I want you to lift your voice. Come on, church, come on, equipers, church. Come on, let's access the presence of God. Let's access the power of God in this moment. Come on, anything you receive from God is in your spirit. It's not in your natural man, it's in your spirit. The answer you need the motivation you need. It's in the Spirit.
Come on, lift your eyes. I believe God wants to unlock spiritual vision. Come on, some of you are going through the routines of life and this boredom sitting in. God wants you to see a future you can go after. Just right now say, God, open my eyes. Help me to see. Help me to see. Thank you, Jesus, right now, right now. Just with your hands lifted, just right across. Come on, there's the anointing right now, I believe, in this moment. There's a shift in people's spirit. There's a new hunger. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God. Worship Him. Worship Him in your spirit. If you don't have words, just use that language God's given you. Come on right now. Come on, just out loud. Come on. This is good for your spirit right now. This is good. Jesus, 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 Jesus. Thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, clouds are lifting off people right now. Cloud. Clouds are lifting off. Clarity is coming. Clarity. Every spirit of confusion I I break right now. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. That's it. Just keep worshiping for a moment on. 
moving right now. part of you, your spirit. It's right here, right now. We're going to close off the meeting in a moment too, but maybe you're here and you've never opened your heart to Jesus. But you've got to understand, friend, apart from Jesus, your spirit is dead. But here's the good news. It's because of what Jesus did on the cross. We paid the price of our sin. We can have life in our spirit. We can know His life in our spirit. The Bible says the wages of sin is death. That's why our spirits are dead. We've all sinned and we've all missed the mark. That's why no life is there, but the good news is Jesus paid the debt and He overcame sin and death so that we can know His original intention. See, Jesus came not to give us a set of rules. Jesus came that we might have life and life abundantly. You can be alive but not living because you're not living from your spirit. But when you give your heart to Jesus, your spirit comes alive. You're no longer seeing life in black and white, you're seeing it in color. Things begin to make sense, not just here and now, but for eternity. See, friend, there's something inside each and every one of us that tells us we're born for more. That's true. It's a witness in our heart. The Bible says if we just admit that, acknowledge that, God will come and He'll do what only He can do. See, there's an awesome life that God has for you. And it's found in Jesus. Jesus said, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. And nobody can come to the Father apart through me. So you've got to surrender your life to find life. Right here, right now, if you're in this place, you've never opened your heart to Jesus. You're just saying, I want to know Jesus. I don't want to just know about Him. I want to know Him in my heart today. I want to invite Him into my life. I'm about to pray a prayer. I'd love to include you in that prayer. Because if you pray this prayer, God will come and meet with you right here, right now. 
He'll come into your life and you'll be born again of the Spirit of God. But just quickly, I need to know who I'm praying with. So right now with every eye closed, people are asking themselves where they're at with God. You're saying, Sam, that's me. Pray for me tonight. I wanna get my life right with God. I wanna know God's Spirit living in me today. What I want you to do is just quickly, right where you are, shoot up your hand high in the air so I can see it. Then once I see it, you can put it down and we're gonna pray a prayer together. God bless you, up over here. Somebody else, just quickly, right where you are, say, that's me. Something on the inside will witness. You won't have all the the knowledge, understanding, but it's something in your spirit and that's what you're responding to today. Just lift up your hand if that's you right around this place. Just saying, I need to get right with God. Maybe you prayed a prayer once before, but for one reason or another, you walked away. You're just saying, I need to get right with God. God bless you over here. God bless you, sir. That's awesome. Somebody else, just quickly say, that's me. I need to get right with God. I need to get right with God. Somebody else? Yeah, see that. That's cool. Over there. Yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. Come on, church. Just pray for a moment. Long. Just for, is there anybody else? This is the greatest step anybody could ever do. Opening their heart, opening their spirit to God. Is there anybody else? Haven't seen your hand? You want to pray? Be included in this prayer. Just somebody else. Lift your hand high. See your hand. Just lift it high. Give me a wave. In the balcony, it's a larger auditorium. I don't want to miss. Yeah, God bless you. That's awesome. That's amazing. Come on. God's good. God's good. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Down on the floor, just looking one last time around the balcony. Amen. Amen. Come on, let's pray this prayer together. I'm going to invite everybody to join us. Come on, let's pray it out loud. Dear Jesus. Come on, dear Jesus. I come to you today. I open the door of my heart. I ask you to come in and be my Lord and Savior. I acknowledge my need of you. And I thank you for paying the price of my sin that I might be free. Today, come live in me. Be my God. I pray in your name. Amen. Amen. Come on. Come on, church. Come on. Jesus is where He's in here. You prayed it, you meant it in your heart. You are now saved. Hey, we'd love to be part of your journey if you allow us. And because it's a journey of walking with God, we believe you. God's got an amazing plan for your life. And uh, we want to do anything we can help, give you a Bible that's going to help you. Uh, just get to know God better. But uh, we reckon you're amazing. Come on, church, can we give all these people, can we give all the people responding a big hand? Amen, amen. Go on, give them a big hand. Give God a hand as well.